Welcome to a Super Bowl Sunday edition of CNN Five Things. I'm David Rind. And yes, we will be talking about tonight's Super Bowl between the Cincinnati Bengals and Los Angeles Rams. But if you're not a big football fan, don't worry, I'll leave the X's and O's to the actual sports reporters. But the thing is, over the past week, the NFL has found itself in a similar situation, not talking about the matchup on the field, but instead fielding tough, uncomfortable questions about who leads the teams in its league. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell meeting with civil rights leaders as the league is rocked by racial discrimination allegations. I'm not looking for you know, fluff policies. I'm looking for, for real change. Former Miami Dolphins coach Brian Flores is suing the NFL and three teams claiming the league is rife with racism. Flores sued after he says he was interviewed by the Giants for their head coach job, even though they had already decided to hire Buffalo Bills assistant coach Brian Dable. Flores' legal team says the league checked a box by interviewing Flores just so they were in compliance with the league's Rooney rule, which requires teams to interview minority candidates. Now, the Giants and the league denied they did anything wrong here. But at his annual press conference, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said the league would be doubling down on its efforts to diversify team personnel. Uh, I think we made a tremendous amount, a lot of progress in a lot of areas, but not at the head coach. And that is something that uh, is something we really have focused on to try to get the kind of results that we would expect. And we fell short of that by a long shot for us. Lots to take in here and lots to consider about the actual game kicking off in just a few hours. Football is a game of numbers, so let's spend five minutes with CNN's Harry Enten. He's our senior data reporter, which basically means he's just way, way better at math than I am. (laughs) So, Harry, what do the numbers tell us about the lack of diversity among head coaches? I mean, look. The vast majority of the NFL players are black. We know that, right? Right. Uh, We have no reason to believe outside, you know, of some real statistical anomaly. I believe there was a Washington Post article that basically put it in one in a hundred that we'd have as few African-American coaches as we do. Obviously, uh, Lovey Smith was just signed uh, by the uh, Houston Texans. I realize the amount of black head coaches there are in the National Football League. It's Mike Tomlin, and I think there's me. So that you can add, add to the ranks there, but still it's a minuscule percentage given how involved African-Americans are playing the game of football. Just, it's got, you gotta be deliberate about trying to get more black athletes in the, some of the quality, the control positions just throughout your program. If you get that, they, can move up. That's one way to get more. So it's it's not not really a big surprise to me. This has been something that's bubbling up for a while. We obviously know that they put in the Rooney rule um, a few years ago, but clearly it hasn't had the intended effect. And I think it, I think, although we're all going to enjoy the game, it sort of mars it a little bit, given all the uh, negative sort of news around the NFL the last few weeks. Hmm, Yeah, for sure. But the game itself uh, is an interesting one, of course. Bengals versus Rams. Bengals are the underdog here. Not a huge, huge underdog, as I understand it, but they have been the underdog pretty much throughout the entire playoffs. Does America have a rooting preference here? There is some polling data to suggest that the Cincinnati Bengals are, in fact, the favorite. It's not a huge surprise to me. Uh, You know, if you go back over time, uh, often the underdog is the team that more Americans want to win than lose. It's something we've seen in sports consistently, in fact. Yeah, when, uh, I, when I'm watching the game, I, just, I, I'll often find myself rooting for the underdog, even if I have no particular interest in the team itself. Why is that? I, it's, it's a number of reasons why, right? I think we see ourselves in the underdog. 
Um, you know, that's something especially true with me and the Buffalo Bills, right. right? I see myself in some ways an underdog, therefore I root for the underdog. But even more than that, I do think there's a little bit of schadenfreude going on there um, insofar as no one likes Los Angeles. Los Angeles is a big city. Uh, and more than that, uh, there's no real base for the Los Angeles Rams in terms of fan support. There's a Yeah, they they just moved there a few years ago. They ju- they just moved there. Well, they they moved there in 46. Then they left there well, in, yeah. I think it was uh 95 or 94 they, 95 They moved 96. back. They yes, moved back. Yes. But the fact that Los Angeles can't even support an NFL team for a long while gives you an understanding that you know, if there's one big city that doesn't deserve an NFL team, I would argue it would be Los Angeles. You know, to me, it's a, a thing that I find interesting. You know, the Bengals have been around since 1968. Wow. Uh, they haven't won a Super Bowl yet. They've obviously appeared at two in both in 81 and 88. They came close. They came within five points of winning in, in each of those Super Bowls, losing both of them to the 49ers. Uh, you know, that's 53 seasons that they haven't won a Super Bowl. What would it mean right. if they won the Super Bowl? Everything. Everything, you know. Yeah. I don't think you could put it in This words. fan base, I think, is the most deserving fan base in the NFL. That what we suffered through, we, we deserve Super Bowl. I, I just think this city would be euphoric. Uh, it, it would mean a hell of a lot to me. Um, I, I'm going to die a happy man at that point if the Bears get that Super Bowl win. This That's time. only about a 15% probability that a team that has been around for 53 seasons, uh, given the number of teams in the league each each season, would not have won a Super Bowl. But, of course, it's not the worst streak. Not even close to being the worst streak in the NFL. Who's, right? who's worse? Who's worse? Uh, there are a few teams. Obviously, the Super Bowl has been around six to 66 seasons. So there are, you know, a bunch of teams, whether they be the Bills or the Browns or the Lions uh, or the Chargers who haven't won a Super Bowl, been around since that point. Uh, and I'll also just note, if you go across sports, it's not as bad as the Sacramento Kings, uh, who haven't won a uh, NBA title or haven't even appeared in an NBA championship game uh, since the early 50s. Oh, my Lord. Since they were, I believe, the Rochester Royals. Uh, given that how long it's taken for the NBA to expand, it was a less than 1% probability of that. So, look, it's been bad for the Bengals. It's been worse for other teams, especially the Rochester Royals, now the Sacramento Kings. That is a club of sadness. Sorry to anybody who roots for those teams. But, Harry, I wanted to ask you about all the extra stuff that goes on during the game. I'm talking about, like, the color of Gatorade that gets dumped on the winning coach, the commercials, how long the national anthem is going to run. Like, gamblers keep track of all that stuff. What, what kind of numbers do you have your eye on? I, I mean, to me, I, I will admit I'm not a gambler. Right. Uh, to quote Mr. Burns, I'd be happier with the dollar. <laughs> um, but look, everything gets bet upon these days. You know, gambling is at its height in the in professional sports, in the NFL specifically. And if the game gets out of hand, I, I bet we'll definitely be wondering, betting on, you know, who do we think the, uh, the player on the winning team, who will that be that dumps the Gatorade on the coach? Uh, but, you know, there are other things that I, I, to be honest, within the game and out of the game that I'm kind of keeping my eyes out on, you know, whether it be, you know, the halftime show and whether that goes off without a hitch, you know, it was just a few weeks ago on CBS. We could not even hear the halftime report yes, that was going on. That. You couldn't even hear it. And if you look at the polling data, it turns out that something like, you know, a sixth of all fans who are watching the Super Bowl, their favorite part is the halftime show. It's huh. more than 15%. Uh, 
And I think there's just also interest, generally speaking, at least for me, in what's going to be served at my Super Bowl party. <laughs> uh, and we have po- we have polling data that suggests that the favorite is chicken wings. Chicken wings is number one at about a third of people. Uh, second is pizza at a little less than 20 percent. And then, you know, dips and burgers and sliders are in at around 15 percent. But as a fan of the Bills, I don't think it would shock you much that I'm a big fan of the Buffalo Wings. I expect a close game, and I'll note in closing that Super Bowls over the last 20 years, the margins have been considerably closer than the Super Bowls in the 20 years previous to that. Uh, uh, so the idea of essentially, you know, creating more parity in the NFL has carried through to the Super Bowl. So more than anything else, I'm hoping for a good game. A good game. That's right. All right. That's Harry Anton. He's the host of the podcast Margins of Error. You can check that out right now wherever you listen. And uh, we'll check in with you later. Thanks, Harry. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Here's something else happening this week. This may sound strange, but it's technically true. The midterm elections begin tomorrow. Early voting opens in Texas for the first primary of this cycle, and it comes less than six months after the state signed a new restricted voting bill into law. Among other things, it limits the hours counties can offer early voting and adds new ID matching requirements for mail-in ballot applications. The big race to watch here is for governor. Beto O'Rourke is running on the Democratic side, hoping for a chance to take on incumbent Republican Greg Abbott. The primary is on March 1st. The Sunday edition of CNN Five Things is produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rhine. Our production manager is Matt Dempsey. Our senior producer is Muhammad Darwish. Our supervising producer is Greg Peppers. And the executive producer of CNN Audio is Megan Marcus. If you like what we're doing here, and we hope you do, please leave us a rating and a review. It helps other people discover the show. That's it for us for now. Have a good week. I'll talk to you later.